What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? Like this dude's podcast. My name is Solomon Ali at Solomon Ali NBA on Twitter. He's joined by Forrest Walker at Do Not on Twitter. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing playoffs. Yeah, I'm doing playoffs too. You know, like I, I know I told you guys I was gonna eliminate the theme song from the podcast, but we have to. We have <laughs> to because this is the NBA playoffs. I just watched like four games today. I'm I'm, I'm exhausted and I'm energized at the same time. I've watched a lot of great basketball. Three upsets today. Three upsets. We ha- we had the Nuggets lose to the Spurs. We had the Raptors lose to the Magic. We had the Sixers lose to the Nets. Like, what the hell is this? Like, I, I just, this is it's amazing. Like, I'm, 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 so, yeah. I'm so happy we have playoff basketball back into our lives. I'm going on record, and I'm going to have more about this. I'm going on record that this is a playoff season where everyone should get ready to be wrong about everything. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. This season feels, feels especially volatile to me. So uh, be ready to be in, surprised in way, by though. stuff. In yeah. a fun way, though. Yeah, my feeling is that we're in between a couple of eras or something. And so this is like a weird, this is a weird in-between time. So I don't know how it's going to all go. I think that we're going to be looking at a pretty different NBA within a couple of years. Well, I mean, a prime example of this is we don't have LeBron James in the playoffs. Which yeah. Is, which just feels so weird. Uh, I, I think we'll survive, but oh my God. Like, it just feels... Like we're in a different, a totally different time zone. Like it, it's like, it's 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 like we don't quite know who the best player in basketball is, and in, in that in that respect, we're in a transition period. We feel like we're in a different spot with the Warriors, and that feels like we're in a transition period. Like every bit of this of the league this season feels like we're in a transition period, and I, I I'm I'm frankly happy. Like I I like that we're in a transition period. Like. We need some fresh blood. We need some new faces. We need we, we need some new teams. And I like it. I, I'm a big fan. Big fan. The playoffs today was really fun. It's only day one, obviously. But I really enjoyed it. Yep. One day down. Uh, another couple of months left. Right. So let's get into the Rockets. So for the past few days, I've been like asking Rockets fans how they feel about the, the team heading into the playoffs. So you might have saw I posted on Twitter. Uh, just, just, just asking fans how they felt. And I've been doing that in person too. I just like I was in Houston for the past couple of days, and I was just asking, you know, like, how do you feel about the playoffs? How, how, do, you, how do you feel about the Rockets going to the playoffs? And I got a lot of mixed responses, but I'm finding that the diehard fans are very like they're not they're not big fans of how the season ended. Obviously, like they were <laughs> hell bent on getting that second or third seed, and the fact that all those things happened. Uh, in order for the Rockets to end up in this spot, like four things had to happen. 
Like, four games had to be, go a certain way for the Rockets to end up in the fourth seed and playing the Warriors in the second round. So, uh, in that respect, a lot of fans feel a little unlucky about it. And at the same time, everyone's pretty excited. Uh, they're They're really happy about this team and how they performed in the second half of the season. And they're all, like, really pumped up and they want to see how this team performs in the playoffs. H- how are you on this team? W- what are you feeling? Oh, boy. Uh, so my overall stance for this playoff season is that uh, I don't know anything and anything I say is going to be wrong. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Uh, this team is always, this team has me on my heels and has this whole season. They came out of the gates incredibly badly. Uh, they made some changes that have worked out very well. Uh, they James Harden alternately looked like he was lost, and then for most of the season looked like an, an all-time player. So I don't know. Uh, I the, the last half of the season suggests that they're just really good now, but also a bunch of advanced metrics suggest that the Jets are going to beat them. Uh, I But you have to discover how... To figure out how much that is a schedule for the Jazz, I don't know how this matchup is going to go at all. Uh, I don't know how any matchup is going to go at all in any series. So I am cautiously confused, <laughs> I guess. Uh, it's not a bad thing, but it's not a good thing either. I don't know what's going to happen. Anything could happen. I feel like the sky's the limit and like the floor is hell. And I don't know at all where anything's going to happen in between there. Yeah, so before that Thunder game, like I was buying like a ton of Rocket stock. I was like in. Like, I bought like... Like, I just kept buying and buying as much Rocket stock as I possibly can. And and after that fourth quarter where they blew a 14-point lead, like, I just kind of put my, my, my stock buying on pause. Like, you know, like, like I think we have enough right now. Like, I I, I don't think we need, <laughs> we need to go out and buy some more. So, I am, as far as how I feel on the Rockets, like, I still think, gun to my head, I think they're the second-best team in the Western Conference. I just objectively feel that way at the same time what you mentioned earlier is valid like how much predictive value do you place on the beginning of the season versus the end of the season especially for this particular Rockets team because they got healthy towards the end of the end of the season and they were just a dumpster fire at the beginning of the season and the way they started is the reason the, the fourth seed like the, the reason the fourth seed is is not because they blew a game to the Oklahoma City Thunder on the last night of the regular season. It's because they blew several games throughout the course of the regular season uh, that they should have won. And uh, health or not, like it's hard for me to get over that. It's hard for me to get over the rebounding. I've talked about that on other podcasts. I don't want to belabor that point too much. But, yeah, I, 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 I'm just uh, I'm cautiously optimistic on how the Rockets will perform going into the playoffs like and right right now i i think the way they ended the season to me is a little it's pretty encouraging they were just really really good after the all-star break and they got a lot of stuff together and again i'm not sure how much predictive value we place on that versus the beginning of the season but the fact that they had that stretch and the fact that we now know that they're capable of that kind of basketball makes me feel better about the rockets going to the playoffs yeah, they're absolutely uh, better than they were at the start of the season. They have changed a lot of roster as well. There, there's a whole like you don't have your Michael Carter Williams though, though he was good today. But we'll 
we'll deal with that later. Uh, <laughs> we'll deal with that maybe never. Uh, but, you know, not having Melo, not having Carter Williams, instead having players like Daniel House and Austin Rivers in there who are playing the same minutes but much better, they are a better team right now. And there is some cutoff for probably that's like definitely the first month of games are less uh, informative than the last month of games for and, this team in particular. And at the same time, NBA data shows us that the first 25 games of a season are highly predictive. So th- yes. I, it's, it's hard for me to square those two. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's because most teams don't undergo what the Rockets underwent, right? So there is well, yeah, there's yeah. a very good chance those team, those games are pretty predictive, but there's also a chance those games aren't predictive. And that's where I'm sitting. Whereas I see, I see good cases to be made that the metrics and numbers don't really account for this team properly. But I also... That's not something I can reason out, right? Like, I can just look at a situation, it looks different, but it's also hard to tell with them. Uh, so I, I am more optimistic than I was, but I think that things can break either way quite a bit. I We're going to know a lot more about how the Rockets are going to play after they play, which is a really stupid thing to say, but it's just the truth. Yeah, and I think what you said is important. Like, um, the con- context is important. I'm not, I'm not even going to try ignoring that, because obviously, like, I watched this team this season. I, I know... The hardships they went through, but at the same time, it just the there's just parts of their game where they look really rough, and I'm not just talking about the rebounding. I'm talking about like coming out of a half, like where they have a lead. Like th- this team isn't good at sustaining leads, and that that's been the case all season. And last year they were just damn good at retaining those and uh, building upon those. So. It, like they're they're just a different team. Um, at the same time, if you if you just look at the entire season, they have the f- they have the fifth best net rating in the NBA. They're they're beating teams by four point eight points per one hundred possessions. That's damn good. Now it's not last year's Rockets goods where they were beating teams by like eight points per one hundred possessions, but it's still really really good. Their defense has climbed all the way up to seventeenth, which is. About well, they're 18th actually. They they climbed all the way up to 18th, which is about where they were two years ago when they had that re- that weird team with like Ryan Anderson starting and uh, Nene coming off the bench and playing like 25 minutes a game. Like that that <laughs> that team was like fi- 15 to 20 at the defense as well. So like they're about as good as that team statistically. They they, they profile very similar to that team and that team got eliminated the second round so you know like it's tough it's tough because i agree with you like that we should take into account the additions that they made they added a lot of key bench pieces like at the beginning of the season they were terrible like just off the bench they i think they had the worst bench scoring in the entire league yeah Um, now it's pretty good now the bench is pretty decent right right and again they replaced a not a lot of negative parts with some if not positive parts, you know, some not negative parts, right? That, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I, I still want to see this first round series against the Jazz to see how I, like, to see how I square them going into the series with the Warriors, if that makes sense. Uh, I'm I'm not going to make predictions. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know how this Jazz series is going to go. Well, I'm going to I... require you to make a prediction. So, I'll, I'll, start, <laughs> I'll, I'll start first. You gather your thoughts, I'll start first. So... I was really quick. Like, like the, there's a part of me that really wants to say Rockets in five. There, there's a part of me that really wants to go there. And where I keep ending up is, like, the Jazz are just a much better team 
than what they were last year. Just all the metrics suggest that they've gotten better. When you watch the team, Rudy Gobert is just a little bit better. He's a little bit more mobile. Uh, Joe Ingles is just a little bit better. Uh, Derek Favors is just a little bit better. Like just everybody like across the roster is just a little bit better. Um, and at the same time, there's a part of me that really wants to say Rockets at five because I don't think this is a favorable matchup for Utah because Chris Paul just cooks this team. Just cooks this team when they play that drop back defense, and that's another thing I want to watch for going into this series. So I'm going to say I'm going to tentatively, I'm going to tentatively say Rockets and six, but if Chris Paul is how is as good as he was last year in that Utah series, then I could easily see this going four or five games. Probably not four games, but I could easily see this going five games because. He was just on a different level, and the, the the Jazz just gave him that mid-range area because that's what they do as a defense. They give up the mid-range area, and he just he just feasted there. And so I want to see, like, night-to-night night consistently. Chris Paul was not very consistent scoring the basketball towards the end of the season, and that was a little bit troublesome to me, like, just grading out this team. Like, I want to know how good Chris Paul is going to be going to the playoffs. Like, I, like that's something that's really important to me. Um and it's probably important to a lot of people. I'm not. It's not a hot take. Like I, I just, I just want to see how good this guy is right now, and if he's that same level of like eighteen to twenty-two points per game on sixty percent true shooting, if he's still that Chris Paul, like this team's ceiling is absolutely an NBA title, absolutely an NBA title. But if he is not that, if he's 10 to 15 points a game on like 55% true shooting. That's that's tough cuz Harden can't score 35 points a game. He can't. Like he he can't do that. Like he he needs Chris Paul. And so it, it, if if Chris Paul is not there for them, it's it's hard for me to say that they have much of a ceiling. Now their path to a title this year is much harder. You want to talk about that before before you give your prediction? Uh, I mean, I can give a prediction for what's going to happen here. Uh, I think, man, I think the series is going to be six games long. <laughs> That's the only thing that feels like I actually have a handle on it. I, so you think I Utah has a chance? I think Utah has a real chance, unless wow. it doesn't. <laughs> which, I know it's cheating to say, but like, I I don't know which rockets we're going to get is the problem, and I don't I don't really know which rockets we've been going to get this whole year. Uh, and it's not entirely sure which which Jazz I think we're going to get. A lot of advanced metrics suggest that the, the Jazz really might go ahead and win this series. There's a lot of reasons to think that the Rockets are more vulnerable than like that minus 400 they've been given suggests. Uh, I I feel like saying Rockets in seven just because I think that's the hedgiest I can get to say that I think probably the Rockets are better, but it's very close. So. I guess if, if you need an official prediction, Rockets in seven, but I actually think the game that's going to be a six-game series, and I don't know which way. Yeah, I mean, so it's strange. So you talk to local media here, and they think it's a five- or six-game series. And the, the general consensus is that this is going to be a six- or seven-game series. And it's really hard for me to see this, game, this series going seven games. And that's not me being dismissive to the Jazz I just don't think they're as good. Like, I just... Like, even if Chris Paul isn't, like, the same Chris Paul he was last year, I just don't think they're as good as the Rockets. And and, and it's it sounds like a dumb 
and simple way to put it, but I, th- that's just the way I feel. And I feel like like Utah's deficits on offense are just going to be so hard to overcome. Whereas Houston, I feel like can reach a level on defense that that Utah can't reach on offense. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, I mean it does make sense, and I think that if if the Rockets have a shot at this series, then they're going to win without really much trouble, honestly, right? Like either the Rockets are as good as they've been lately, and they're that's really good, and they're a title contender, and probably the Jazz just do well, but it's not enough. Or the Rockets are as shaky as they seem like they've been long term, and then they end up going down two to four. So uh, I I don't know which one we're going to get. I don't know which thing is true. Like that's why I'm hedging and saying Rockets in seven because I think that the Jazz are better than local people think. The Rockets have more question marks than local people think. But if the question marks turn out how we want, then they're really really good. We're going to know a lot more about how this team is going to do in the next few days. Yeah, a couple things. Uh, first of all, like one important thing that that's important to note, like Ricky Rubio did not play against the against the Rockets last year. Ricky Rubio is really good. Like I, I know he has his, I know he has his weaknesses. Like obviously, he can't shoot the basketball. Obviously, he's not the greatest scorer. I get that, and he's not the best finisher at the rim. But his kickouts to find open shooters and his defense are so important to what Utah does as a team and he wasn't there for last year's series and that's important that's an important loss that's an important player that did, that they didn't have secondly like this team does profile as a team that could give Houston a lot of trouble on the glass especially if they let that problem persist in going into the playoffs like if they if if they don't clean that up going into the playoffs like and i suspect that they won't this could be a longer series than anybody's giving it credit for right like if if we're seeing Houston give up like a 10 rebound advantage like in the first game it's going to be a long series and at the same time like i just again i just think Houston's better like i i just think Houston like the the amount of situations i can see Utah beating a healthy Rockets team are just like very slim like there's there's like a, cu- a handful of situations and most of them involve Houston missing like a ton of open three pointers. Yes, uh, I mean, there there is that chance. Like I said, it depends on how good the Rockets are at being this better team they've turned into. How good is their defense actually? Are they do they have this defense that they've had recently where they're like top ten, five or ten in the league? Is that real? Is it a mirage? Have they just been getting lucky on a po- on the opposing shots? Uh, the defense, the, the rebounding is a worry, right? Like if they can't manage to get their defensive boards against the Jazz, you could see a scenario where the Jazz shoot like 38% from the field but still win because they just get like 15 more shots per game or something, right? So I don't know. <laughs> I think that most likely it seems like the Rockets have picked up their game and are at a new level now, right? If If things are how we see them, then the Rockets should take care of this without too much trouble, even for how good the Jazz have been. But I just don't trust anything right now. <laughs> so I think that's probably correct, but I would not be surprised at all by any outcome in the series because I would not be surprised at all by anything the Rockets do. What's the biggest key for Houston closing out this series, in your opinion? <sighs> the biggest key is if they can cover up their defensive rebounding woes, 
like whether they've actually figured out a way to have a good defense despite that or not. Because if they can if they can cover up those problems, then this this all is going to be a lot more straightforward. Uh, if they can if they can clamp down on the Jazz whatsoever, then yeah, the Jazz's offense is not nearly as good as as Houston's is. Uh, the secondary problem for them is can they stop having five minute gaps so they don't score? <laughs> yeah, the, the, that's something that they, they definitely need to clean up. That's basically the reason they lost that Oklahoma City game. And if you were to ask me what the biggest key is, I'd say quite simply Chris Paul. I think it's Chris Paul. And it's because of the way Utah defends Houston. Like, it's it's just so unique in that they they funnel uh, Harden to Gobert and they force him to take... Well, that's another key. I want to see how Harden does on these floaters. Because I think this is going to be more of a floater series than a layup series for Harden. And if he, if you can manage to shoot a high percentage on those floaters over Gobert, like they can keep the, their offense going at an elite rate. But if he can't make them at the rate he was making of them at the reg, in the regular season this year, that's, that's, that's a problem. Also, Chris Paul, again, he has to be Chris Paul. Like He has to score like at least 18 points per game in this series on good efficiency. And he hasn't done that for a, a decent stretch. And I talked to some people today, and people, a lot of people think that he's preserving his energy keeping it at bay for the playoffs that that's an interesting theory yeah uh he's looked better as of late for sure but is but is he yeah is he really gonna let loose in the playoffs i don't know uh how i mean the how washed is chris paul question has persisted for all season we still don't really have a good answer so i guess we'll find out pretty soon they also have a lot of of young guys and role players who have to prove themselves like daniel house is going to be a part of a big part of the rotation He's an important player for them, and he has not been in the playoffs before. How is that going to go? We don't really know. I mean, he's a great help. He's the best thing happened in the season easily. He's a perfect fit for that team, but he's also really young. You know, he's also not a seasoned vet, so it's hard to tell. It's it's a there's a lot of, of questions like that. Like, how is Iman Schumpert going to, going to do? Well, I don't know. <laughs> We're about to find out how well he's going to fit in an actual high pressure defensive situation. Yeah, so that actually brings me to a good question we got from Johnson White. Uh, Green or Shumpert this series? Oh, boy. Uh, I think they're both going to get some burn. That's kind of my read on the situation is that those guys are existing as kind of counterparts to one another, and then Tony's going to see who's more effective in each matchup. Uh, I think it depends on if... If Schumper can hit a few threes, he's probably going to be the preferable option, but I think it's going to be the case in general. Uh, I think if basically if Schumper is hot, he's going to win out, and then if Green is very hot, he's going to win out. But I, in this matchup, I think in general, you're going to see Schumper get the default minutes unless he proves himself not useful. Yeah, I think so too. And, and he, D'Antoni kind of tipped his hand towards the end of the season. Like he was really tightening up his rotation. And we, we started to see Gerald Green play less and less minutes, and we started to see Iman Chumper play more and more minutes. So, yeah, Iman Chumper's going to play more. And uh, from at Hyperactivity, favorite Rockets versus Jazz memory over the years. Also, thoughts on running Gerald Green out to see if he's hot every game. I don't like the idea of him being strictly at the end of the rotation, given that he can get so hot sometimes. Um on to that first part of the question first. So I really didn't like the Darren Williams Jazz team. Like the one with Darren Williams, Paul Millsap, Carlos Boozer, uh, the, the, that uh, 
Andre Karolinko. Like I despised that team. I thought that team was dirty. <laughs> I, I thought that team was dirty. Uh, that team had Kyle Korver too, right? Yeah. Right. So how fitting he's back in this series. Um. Yeah. So th- I just remember hating that team with such a passion. What about you? Oh man. Uh, my best memory of the Jazz is when the Rockets beat them. it's it's reductive i think but no actually my my favorite jazz moment uh it is still this it's not from last year's playoff series though that was a good time to watch them win in five uh my favorite jazz moment is the game a couple years ago where they beat them by like 42 or something and it was just uh an an utter nightmare for the jazz they clearly gave up pretty early in that game and it was just a total rout so uh that was a lot of fun. It was like it was like the the biggest route of the year for them, and it was against uh, Jazz back when it was a few years back. So the Rockets still had some some bad blood, I guess. I don't feel like there's really bad blood between the teams at this point, though. Yeah, they haven't met enough times in the playoffs for it to really be a thing. They don't predict. I think the fans dislike each other a lot more than the than the players do. Yeah, and I think players really drive rivalries, and there's nobody on either team that's really a hothead. Like I guess you could say maybe Chris Paul, but he hasn't really facilitating any sort of bad blood between these two teams. So I, I I don't think there's anything anything going on between these two teams. Um also the second part of the question was thoughts on consistently running Gerald Green out to see if he's hot every game. Uh, I don't like the idea of him being at the end of the rotation given that he can get hot sometimes. What do you think? I mean if there's Yeah, I think he'll he'll probably get some minutes in most games. Uh like if they're if it's close at all, I think if it's close and and uh, and Schumpert is looking good, he probably won't get any minutes whatsoever. But if it's you know if things are going pretty far either way, I think he's going to get some burn. Yeah, uh, and it's so. important to note that he has the trust of Mike D'Antoni, so it's not like he's like just completely out of the rotation and we're never going to see him. Like he's he's not on D'Antoni's list. Like he like, he's just not playing because the roster's so deep. It's it's just a matter of circumstance if 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 they had one less guy he would be playing yeah very much so that's uh if they didn't have like a really reliable or enough guys to have a reliable roster one through nine so I said you know green has his own uh he has his own liabilities and we just had the kind of yeah, he, he's bad uh, at defense. Like he, he's bad yeah. at defense. Like, like we don't have to, we don't have to dance around this. Like, he, he's he's just a bad defender. It's and it's yeah. not like there there are players like this all across the league. It's 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 not you can get around it. Like, and especially if you're as good of a shooter as Gerald Green. But if there's if there are options ahead of you that are better defenders and you know perhaps almost as reliable of shooters, like of course we play those options over Gerald Green. Like that's just the way it is. Yeah, uh, I think they'll use him in a. They'll use him just fine. He's sparingly. Yeah, he, they have his trust, and he has their trust, as far as I can tell. So, uh, and and, he, and they, the, the best part about it is he truly doesn't care. He truly does not care if he's playing or not. Yeah, he's out there to win games. Right. <laughs> that, that's that's the goal right now. He's been around the block of times that hey, if, as long as the team is winning, that's fine. He'll get his when when you know there's opportunity for him, him to get it. So. I think he'll get some burn, but he's not gonna, you know, get tons of burn. But he'll get some. Uh, he'll he'll get burn as long as he's useful, which is as it should be. Right, right, one hundred percent. 
Um, so let's talk about how this season ended, and let's talk about the position the Rockets now find themselves in. Um, so as as everybody knows, the Rockets are the fourth seed. They're playing the the, the fifth seed, the fifth seeded Utah Jazz. And if they win this, if they win this series, they go on to play the Golden State Warriors in the second round, uh, as opposed to where it was lining up, where which was they were going to play the Warriors in the conference finals, and it was going to be another conference finals rematch. And they're right as of right now, they're going. Their next three series theoretically would be played on the road, which is just wild. And the teams that are that they're going to be playing, it's going to be a gauntlet. Like they're likely going to see if they make a finals run, they're likely going to see three of the five best teams in the NBA. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll see though. Uh, I mean, the Spurs won today, so there's a there's a meaningfully non-zero chance that. They can that the Spurs could win that series. Well, it's not even that. Like that side of the bracket's not what you have to worry about. So like you play the yeah. Jazz, you play well, the they're, Jazz they're, right now. They're a top five team in the league, in my opinion. I don't know about you, but and then they play the Warriors next. I would say they're the best team in the NBA. And then the finals, they would have to play either Toronto or Milwaukee. And I would say those are one of the one of the top top five teams it, in the it's, NBA. It's probably going to be Milwaukee. Yes. <laughs> right. So. Right. so so what I'm saying is like. That's three of the top five teams in the NBA. That, that that's that's a much more difficult route to the championship than where they were at before. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, last year they had a couple of series which were honestly easy for them, and then they were very they were like basically one good quarter away from going on to the NBA championship, going to the finals. And everyone I think has agreed they would have beaten that Cavs team. <laughs> there's there's just really no two ways about that one. So uh, yeah, they were they were pretty close at last year. I'm just saying like it's probably going to be the Warriors and the Bucks are the biggest challenges they face, uh, and the Jazz are very good too. But we're about to find out how good exactly. I think that for if they do make it past the Warriors, were were that to occur, there's no telling who their opponent would be in the conference finals. Like I guess I don't know who's going to come out of that side of the conference finals bracket, and it could be a seed lower than three. So, uh, I don't know. Well, so they might have a weird situation where they have home court round one, and then they would have, like, road, home, road or something. So, this is a weird playoffs. Uh, I'm not counting anything before it happens, though. So, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard no matter what happens, playoffs. <laughs> it's a wild turn of events. Like, the, the bracket is just so broken. Like, I'm looking at it right now. Like, one of these four teams is going to advance to the conference finals. Oklahoma City... Portland, Denver, or San Antonio, like like yeah. what one of those four teams are gonna make? Like I guess you could say you could always see a chance where Denver was gonna make it, but any of those other three teams, I don't think any of us saw those teams having a chance to make the conference finals. Like the bracket is so broken right now. Yeah, it's totally wild. It's weird that this is the order it's in, and the Rockets had such a shot to be the two seed. All right. they had to do was hold on to a fifteen point lead with like five minutes left or whatever. Yeah. Or they just needed for the uh, they needed for the Nuggets to not go on a 15-0 run in like three minutes at the end of a game. And to avoid the four at that point, they would have just needed either the Blazers to lose and they were down five with like, what, like 45 seconds after something? Or for the Blazers to lose when they were down 28 in the third quarter and playing nobody. So the chances that this would happen, given all those situations, is astronomically low. Like, <laughs> like I tweeted this the night that it happened. Like, it's almost equivalent to missing twenty-seven straight three-pointers. Like, is, it, 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 I did the math, dude. I did the math. It is much more unlikely. Wow. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the, if you assume that the Rockets shoot 30% on threes in a general sense, uh, which I think is, that's pretty conservative, right? right. Uh, they had something like a, uh, it was like, it was it was like two and a hundred thousand or something or five hundred thousand or something like that that they would do that. Uh, the chances of all these, if you look at like the, uh, the the chances at each given situation, whenever each of those games was most likely not to turn, they're all on like except for that the Blazers game was like seventy seven percent. The other ones are all like ninety six plus percent likelihood that the double team that digit lost leads win. in the fourth quarter. Yeah, like, yeah. The math on that is a bit, that was about a two in a million chance. Yeah. Yeah, it was. If you go to like this website, I check up all the time, unpredictable.com, the win probability for all those series were like 90%. Plus. Like all of them. Yeah, mostly like 98. Yeah. Yeah, the the chances that would happen were astronomical. It was like a couple orders of magnitude lower than the 27 threes. That's how unlikely that all was. And so much of it happened so quickly, too. There was like 10 minutes where the likelihood of Rockets being in each of those three seeds veered wildly. Shout out to Anthony Simons. Yeah, way to go. But yeah, so do you buy into this theory at all that playing the Warriors earlier is better? Um, well, it depends on a bunch of other things is the problem with it. Uh, if the Rockets are assured to meet the Warriors either way, then you want to meet them earlier rather than later, honestly, because I think that is fair to say that they're going to be less worn down in round two than round one. So I think that's a good point. But if the if there's a chance the Warriors lose before then, if if you think there's a chance that someone like the Thunder could beat them, then you do want to put them off, right? So that that's that's the trade off. If you put put off playing someone, they might lose. But if you assume that they are never going to lose to anybody except you, then you might as well play them earlier. Yeah, yeah, and I'll say this: like the front office obviously cared about how that seating sh- shook out. The, I, I would I would have I would venture to say the coaching staff cared. None of those players cared. Like absolutely <laughs> none of those players. Cared. Like I I talked to, I talked to most of them. That they were all like, we do not care who we play in the first round. We yeah, they're just gonna be care. like, yeah, we'll play who's in front of us. Yeah, they did not care. Like the, like this team just has such a high degree of confidence. It's kind of striking. Like they really do believe that they're gonna win the NBA championship this year, and they believed that last year. But but what's striking about them believing it this year is obviously you know the, they're not the same team, and they still have that same degree of confidence, which is wild to me. Well, they um, better. Yeah, I mean they need to have that confidence, whether it's justified or not. Yeah, but like like they this team won fifty three games this year. Last year's team won sixty five, and like like this just the level of confidence that's like exhuming from that locker room is kind of crazy. Like they really do not care who they play. They, they it does not matter to them when they play the Warriors. Cause in their mind, they're going to have to play them anyways in route to a championship. Like they, they're, they're, they're thinking at that, that, that level right now. Like they, they do, they, I don't, I don't think most of those players in that locker room blinked an eye when they found out they were the fourth, they were the fourth seed. Like, I, I really don't like, I, I think they all, collectively didn't care which is i mean like i guess you know good on them they are, they have a lot of confidence but like it's it, it's interesting because like the the dichotomy between them and the fan base like the fan base was just devastated like they hated the idea of possibly not making the conference finals and and meanwhile the rockets are like well if we're not going to win the title none of it matters making the conference finals or not 
Uh, yeah, I, I think that's how they should feel. I don't know if that's how we should feel. I don't know how we should feel exactly, but they definitely need to feel that way that uh, well, they the, can win everything. The question really is, do you think the optics of making the conference finals is important or not? That, that's really the central question for anybody who cares about this team. Like, do you, do, how, much, how important do you think that is? And uh, I think it shouldn't be important at all to the players, but I think it might matter for the team if that makes any sense. Like you're talking like free agency or something? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's it certainly is going to be a pain in Daryl Morey's butt if he has everyone slandering them all all summer long and stuff. So that's that's going to be obnoxious. Like it'll be irritating, and if you're going to lose, basically, if you know you're going to lose, you'd rather lose later rather than sooner because it looks better and you get more playoff revenue. Uh, but for the players, I don't, I don't see any reason why they should care exactly. You know, if you, if you, if you lose to the Warriors, you lose to the Warriors. Do you care? Um, I don't know. Uh, it would be nice for Clint Capella to get an extra five hundred thousand dollars, I guess. So, <laughs> uh, slightly would prefer that. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, here's the thing. Like, I'm not sure. Like, I'm kind of on the side of the players. Like, like, like. Chris Paul is 33 years old. I, I, actually, I, th- I think he might have turned 34 a couple of days ago. I'm not, I'm not sure. But, like, he he's getting up there. Like, you are, like, slowly winding down a, of your championship. Pro- your championship window is closing. So, I, I don't understand the difference between, you know, getting eliminated by the Warriors in the second round and, and getting eliminated by them in the conference finals. Like, like if you're going to get eliminated by them, it, I, I don't think it matters. Like, if you really believe you're going to win a championship, you're going to have to play them anyways. So I, I'm kind of on the side of the players in that respect. But at the same time, I do understand, like, the optics of making the conference finals for the second year in a row. It, it, it's nice. Like, let, let's be honest about it. Like, it, it, it is nice to pitch to free agents that you made the, you have made the conference finals two years in a row. You are the only team that's been able to give the Warriors any run for their money. You were... One of the four best teams in the year in the, in the league year in and year out. Um, th- that that's just a nice thing to have, especially if you're like a fan who like just wants to ha- to root for a competitive basketball team. Like a lot of fans don't really you know they don't have the aspiration of having their team win a title. They just want their team to be really competitive. So in that respect, I think con- making the conference finals would be important. But at the same time, like. I don't think this team is there. Like, I don't think this team just wants to be just a competitive basketball team. I think this team wants to win the title. Like, it, it, if if it's not obvious by their public statements, it's obvious in everything else that they do. Yeah, it is. It is championship for bus for them right now, and I think it's like it doesn't really matter what they do uh, in the near future because either they have enough juice to make it or they don't. Uh, after they have maybe one more year of like true true contention left after this. Uh, I think that last year of Chris Paul's contract is going to be a real nightmare. Uh, so yeah. unless Darrow does some wizardry with this roster, like it is looking like their window is winding down. Like Harden, yeah. Harden might still be able to have like four to five more years of true contendership. But I, with having Chris Paul in his prime, like, like they really shorten their window unless they can really rejigger the roster. Like it, it does look like, this year is one of their last two or three seasons, and three seasons being generous. One of the last two seasons that they have at legitimately contending for the NBA championship. So, again, 
I agree. Like, it doesn't really matter. And, and the argument that possibly, like, you're possibly saving Chris Paul's hamstring, like, if you play them earlier, I, I kind of can sympathize with that, man. Like, like putting less stress on Chris Paul earlier, like, or having him play the Warriors at full strength, like, I, I think that's important. Like, I think having Harden, like, with the most amount of rest that you possibly can have against the Warriors, I think I think that means something. Yeah, uh, there is some benefit to be had from having earlier players play harder earlier. Now, the problem is that you do need to go hard later as well. Uh, they are going to have to be... If they do beat the Warriors, then you know they have to deal with uh, the, the third and fourth rounds also. So it does still matter, but if you think the biggest challenge is the Warriors, which is a pretty reasonable thing to think, then yeah, you probably do want them earlier. And second round, by a, by some manner of thinking, might be the best place for it too, because uh, they get to they get to kind of spin up in the first round, right? If they are as good as they think they are, they should make fairly short work of the Jazz. Uh, they should be able to get it together, get ready, and and get heated up for the second round, and then be at their the best situation where they're not they're not all tired and injured and beaten down yet, and they're ready to go. So, uh, yeah, I think that if you have to pick, if you must play the Warriors then this is probably the round to play them at, honestly. The, you know, the question is, is there a 100% chance you play them? And I think it's fair to suspect that it might be a 100% chance you play them. So, I don't know. Uh, my feeling the whole time was they'll end up where they end up and they'll deal with it when they deal with it. So I'm kind of, I guess I'm also sort of on the player's side of like, it's just not worth getting upset about. Here's a better question. The question I, Here's a better way to ask the question that I asked you earlier. Like, do you think that the Rockets chances of winning a championship decreased by dropping from the three to the four seed uh not really okay. i mean unless unless like it depends i guess on how how the seedings would have shaken out right so if they if they had law if they had won that game against the thunder i think there's a pretty good chance the thunder end up at the eight uh like i think that's what you'd probably expect to be thunder in the eight and i think what clippers in the seven so i think playing the clippers is preferable to playing the jazz uh, and I think making the Thunder play the Warriors would help is it potentially give the Warriors some problems. So I think maybe their chance, but you have to weigh that in, um, against like, well, how, how fresh are they going to be for a potential conference finals matchup? Right. So I guess the answer is, I don't know, maybe, but probably not. Probably didn't really make much of a difference either way. If it's hard to tell. No, I get it. I get it. Um, yeah, I think I think we've had enough of Rockets talk in, in terms of this Jazz series. Do you have anything else to add before we, t- we move on to other topics? Uh, just uh, get ready, get ready to be wrong about everything. Once again, everyone get ready to be wrong. Something you think is definitely true is not going to be true. Okay, so broader t- broader thoughts on the on the playoffs in general before we close out. Uh, I think that they, I think that the Bucks are still the clear favorite to make the conference final or to make the finals at East. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You. I don't know why people are like not hotter on the Bucks than they are. It's not that hard of a question. They're clearly the best team in the conference. Well, because it's it's the idea of like it's the same problem we had with the, with buying the Warriors their first year, right? When a team comes out of nowhere, like it's hard to buy in, right? Like it's, it, even if they're really really dominant, it's hard to buy in if they've never won a playoff series before. Like, I, I think I understand where that reservation's coming from. 
Uh, yeah, but I think it's they're so much clearly better than everyone else that it's it's not really worth like worrying well, about too much. <laughs> a lot a lot of people don't view them that way, right? Like I, I think a lot of people view the Raptors as a close second or a legitimate challenger to the Bucks. Now I don't, but I think there are a lot of people that view that view it that way. And, and and I think it's I don't I think it's reasonable to view it that way. I mean the Raptors have been a mainstay in this conference for the past four four or five years, and they replaced uh, Demar Derozan with with Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard. Like like I I I understand the like why someone would might might pick the Raptors to come out of the conference. Now I do not understand any of the Sixers like optimism at all. I don't get that or the Celtics. Like I don't I don't understand why anybody would. Like if it's not Raptors or Bucks, I don't know what the hell is wrong with you in your in, in your NBA Finals pick. Like if it's if it's any of those, and if it's any other team, I, I'm I, I don't know I don't know what's going through your head because the the Boston Celtics or the Philadelphia 76ers have not shown us anything this year to indicate that they're Finals ready. Yeah, I think the the deal with the East for me right now, and kind of everywhere. Uh, so my overall playoff feelings is that it's really hard to figure out what's going to happen in this playoffs because everyone except the Warriors seems to have some kind of disqualifying problem with them, right? Like the the Bucks are extremely good, but we just haven't seen them win something yet, which I think is the least disqualifying of all the problems we've seen for all these playoff teams. They weren't the Warriors. The Warriors look like they don't care. Who, who knows what, happen, what will happen there? Out east, though, like every team, I have major questions about. But out west, also, like it feels like nobody is really a true successor to the Warriors, and it's probably just because the Warriors were so incredibly good that it takes basically doing what the what the Bucks have done, but continue to do it throughout the playoffs to be convincing. That everyone else has some obvious issues. So. It's almost hard for me to see anyone except for the Bucks and Warriors making the finals. And even then, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't, because the Bucks do have question marks in how, you know, have they done this before? We've seen them, not under this coach, not under Budenholzer, but we've seen a lot of this same team kind of flame out during the playoffs after everyone bought, bought into them. Uh, we're seeing the Warriors... They're somewhere near the end of their cycle. Like they clearly are getting tired and bored and older. So some something is going to break soon, but it's hard to foresee anything. Ha- like who's going to take advantage of it? So it, it feels like this playoff season is at once both very, uh, very conclusive in who's going to make the finals, but also there's so many question marks that some weird things are going to happen. They just are. Uh, someone's going to surprise us positively, and someone's going to surprise us negatively. Yeah, and maybe that successor of the Warriors is is indeed the Rockets. Like we don't know that yet, right? Like a lot of our questions are going to be answered pretty soon here with this first round. And like, here's what I say about the Rockets: if the Rockets really want to make a statement, they come out and they blow out the the Jazz in Game One. They they come out and they stomp on them in Game One. Like that that's that's how you tell the world, yeah, we're a title contender this year. Like we're we're legitimate. Like all that stuff you saw after the All Star break, that's us. That that's who we really are. That that's how you make a statement. You come out game one, you don't mess around, you don't keep this game close, and you just stomp on the Jazz. That, in my opinion, will win over so many hearts and minds of so many analysts that I I think you'll start to see a larger buy-in to this Rockets team. The, the what's holding everyone back is there. There's just been so much bullshit. 
right? Like that 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 okay, <laughs> that OKC game is is probably the biggest example of late season bullshit that they could that they, they they had that game under wraps, like like by halftime, like that game was looking pretty close to over, and they they let they let OKC come back, and that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like if they can hold back on all that, and and just take take care of what they need to take care of you'll see a bigger buy-in to the rockets i think so uh for what it's worth i i don't think the rockets are a successor to the warriors because even well, if they do win a championship i think it's about the end of their window right. so what, what i'm I think saying what, is successor as in like just as yeah. in someone who could take advantage of their yeah yeah they might they might be the one to end the like Someone is going to end the Warriors run at some point, whether it's this year, next year, or down the line. And so, yeah, I think that it wouldn't surprise me if it is someone like the like if the Rockets end the Warriors run. And I think it'd be really, I think it'd be really nice for everybody, honestly, if the Rockets did get their one championship before they just kind of ride off into the sunset, right? Like they put a they put an exclamation point on the end of the Warriors era, and then we can move on into whatever's next for the NBA. And maybe it's the Rap, maybe it's the Bucks, maybe it's the Raptors. Who knows? Who knows who it is? But uh, there is a little. I think there's a gap here the Rockets could take advantage of. I'm not saying they're going to. I think that if I if I was forced to bet on it, I wouldn't bet on it happening for sure. But uh, there is there is the possibility. There are a lot of possibilities right now. Uh, that's that's the upside. None of us know what's going to happen at all, which means that a lot of really bad things could happen, or a lot of really good things could happen. Yeah. I, again, I really want to see how they perform this Jazz series. Um, and before we close, I want to read a Magic Johnson tweet before we leave here. Uh, I've had a great Saturday watching the NBA playoff games! Explanation uh, mark. The the Nets shocked the Sixers, and the Magic did the same to the Raptors. Golden State played like the champs today. There we go. Like, uh, the, <laughs> like you can only get that that kind of A plus analysis from now retired Magic Johnson. You can't get that anywhere else. He's got the. I mean, he wanted to quit his job to tweet more, and you know what? God bless him for doing it. What a what a league! What a, what a <laughs> league! Like like what a, what a freaking league! I I love I love this league so much. <laughs> it is the best league in the world, and it's it's not close. The only other league I uh, I have any love for at all is WNBA, which I love quite a lot. Playoffs. Playoffs. All right, guys, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Follow me on Twitter, at NBA. Follow Forrest on Twitter. How do you spell that, at? D-U-N-O-T-S. Do not. And give us five stars on iTunes. It really helps you find the show. And yeah, guys. We're worth five stars. Yeah, we're worth five stars. All right, guys. Good night. to go down, team by team, round by round, and then the night is going down, you already know, game when you shot, and then the night is going down. For the Indiana Pacers today, it's all about expunging. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York.